You're listening to the Plus Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we sit down with artists, founders, video game music composers, and discuss early ideas, challenging hurdles, and how the ever-changing music industry will evolve in the digital age. Today we're sitting down with singer-songwriter Ryan Egan. Ryan joins us via Zoom from New York City, where he's currently recording his new LP, Soft Power, with Kevin Basco of Foxygen fame. He also talks to us about splitting his time between New York City and Paris, France, and the differences in the audiences, the music scene, and the inspiration that led to the songs for his forthcoming album out April 8th of next year. Here's more from Ryan now. Thanks for having me. What's up, Ryan? Absolutely. So how did you end up in Paris? Let's start there. Yeah, so my now wife... Um, ah, congrats. Was not wife last time we spoke, but go on. Yeah, yeah, probably not. It might have been, it must have been like just before we got, we got married in, in August um, mm-hmm. this last summer. And yeah, so we met in New York. We were both living here together for a long time. And over, yeah, over years, Paris just became a home away from home. I have, you know, all of her family there and a big group of friends. Um, and yeah, after a while, it just, it, it made sense to give it a try. And, and I love New York so much and I still try to like, as best I can, especially with the pandemic, uh, try to keep a foot in the door here and, and gig in and obviously seeing friends and family. Um, but it's nice to, to try another music scene, another, you know, market, you know, get into the, in the broader European scene. I've never, I've never spent much time there. So um, yeah, it was really cool to, to have that as an option for a movie. And you still have the big city feel, yeah. right? It's not like you're going from New York city to Fresno. You know, it's like you're going to another metropolitan mecca art and culture city. So what's what it? Do like? you look well, let me let me dig in on French French a little bit. France. What? How how is it how is it out there to be a musician? Like how how what's the difference? I guess here's a better question. What's the difference between trying to be a musician in New York to what it's like to try to be a musician in Paris? Um, I think. I think it's very similar. Um, it, so the, the main differences are that the scene is just much smaller. So um, immediately once I got here and I was just kind of, you know, friends of friends were saying, you know, grab a drink with so-and-so, like you, you get along with them. I would meet one musician and then they would introduce me to five. And then you go to a show and you're seeing the same faces all the time. Like that, you know, can happen in any city, but be, you know spending so much time in new york so many years like it's so saturated there's just so many people and i really loved that change of um feeling like i was just like immediately getting my bearings in in the music scene like within like a couple months in paris being like oh yeah like this guy plays with this band and and these guys are in these three bands and, like you really start to like um get to know a lot of like main players um pretty quickly and and I, and, and then the other thing that's different is, is being an expat and being um, foreign to the scene. I've, I felt rather warmly welcomed. Um, you know, I'm one of a small percentage of American or Anglophone artists in, in the Paris scene. So it does help you stand out. Whereas it's already hard to stand out in New York, no matter who you are. Um, you know, the, there's just incredible competition. Like, in the best ways, you know, there's like such amazing music, um, but there's just so many people. Um, so I, I'm really, en- I'm enjoying those two aspects, smaller scene, and then also just being, being an outsider that um, mm. seems to also benefit me by like opening some alternative doors, like collaborations that I wouldn't 
be doing, um, you know, for instance, like writing lyrics in English for artists or, you know, just stuff like that. That's cool. cool. Yeah. And you're, you're in town right now. You're in New York working on some new stuff. What's the plan with the new, new releases? Yeah. So I'm here like uh, conveniently just, you know, got in like a, a day or two before I have a, a new single coming out uh, tomorrow. This is we're November 11th right now. So the song comes out November 12th. It's called alone for the last time. Um, so I'm doing a single release party here at a, oh. new, uh, a new club called uh, TVI. So I haven't played here since before the pandemic. So I'm really, really stoked. I just, I just played again in Paris recently. That was like my first show back. Um, and now I'm like getting back with, with my New York musicians and that's gonna be really mm -hmm. fun. Uh, celebrate the release. Uh, I got some sessions out here, seeing family. Um, yeah. Every, just try to pack it all in and like, mm -hmm. you know, just so on your shows, like I heard a bit of your new single, or I, at least I heard a bit of weeknights. I don't know where that fits in or if I'm even blowing the surprise that that's coming up. But um, <laughs> how do you pull that off? Like you just flew over from Paris, you're in New York. Are you going to pull that off full band or are you going to do more of an intimate you and a guitar type thing? No, I mean, if I can help it, I, I, I try not to do solo stuff. Um, it's not, <laughs> not, not, not my favorite it's not my favorite interpretation of the music. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I'm with it for myself too. That totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm privileged to, to have a lot of, I mean, I, you know, I was based in New York for so long. So I have like my band here still, even though we're not consistently playing. Um, I, and I've had like different iterations of the group. So I have like options of, you know, if someone can't make it, this guy's played the tunes before. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's actually, I'm, I'm already grateful and excited to be playing again um, since I've had, it's, it's been such a, a long time off. Um, but it's also really cool. Cause it's like all the homies, like just like very close friends feels like getting like a family band together, you know, yeah. they were at my wedding in, in France just recently. And like, now we're getting back together and actually like playing together. And it's, it's super nice. And, you know, and then in Paris, I do the same thing, but uh, you know, that's a newer, a newer thing. I would say actually coming here, we're solid with like, we'll have two rehearsals before the show and it's okay. Everyone just preps a bit before because um, we've played together for so long. Whereas Paris, it, it takes a, it's a little bit more of a, an upstart group. Um, people that aren't, haven't played at all. And I've only played twice in, in Paris because of the pandemic. So. so let's talk about the pandemic a little bit. How did you, how'd you do music during that time? Clearly you did, you know, based on what you just said, you, you didn't play live during most of that time. So how did you, how did you keep your fan base satiated and did you explore like Twitch and other stuff? How did it, how did it turn out for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if I did keep them satiated. It's hard to say. It was like, I was in a period of, of demoing and, and writing more um, at the very beginning um, you know, so I had just played, like, I had just moved to Paris six months before. And as I was saying, like, I was really stoked on getting, going out to shows, meeting a lot of people. And then it just, and I, and I played a show and then it just, it stopped. It was like right before the lockdown. So I was, I was bummed about that because I was really enthusiastic to meet people and get involved in the live scene. Um, so right after that, I was doing a bunch of live streams just on like Instagram and Facebook, like different blogs or whoever, whoever was having me. Um, so I did that for, for probably two months. Maybe I'd have like one a week. Um, and then it really just became a lot more about like writing, um, doing some remote sessions. 
uh, and really just digging into the demos and, and writing process that would evolve into my album, um, which, which I ended up recording last winter. So like as things were starting to ease up, it was still like pre, it was just before the massive vaccination uh, rollout in the States um, that I was there. So it was still like an iffy time and it was complicated to, to travel there, but it, you know, I could, I could get back as a citizen. Um, but it was, it was still complicated. And then right when I left back for France, people like my family was starting to get vaccinated. It was just after that. So it was uh, March, March that I came back and made the album. So yeah, to answer your question during the pandemic, it was really just like hunkering down writing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it ultimately ended up being like almost two years that I hadn't released music. And, and so that's a very long time, especially nowadays. Um, so years is a, is, is a, is a lifetime. I know. How do you, um, so, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of wisdom out there, a lot of, a lot of advice to tell you that you should be doing X, Y, or Z to like be growing your, your career. What are the things that you're doing that seem to be working? And what are the what things? That you, yeah. Maybe the things that maybe your friends are doing that seem to be working well for them or, or yeah, like Brian said, what definitely does not work for you? Hmm. Um, well, what, what doesn't work, is taking two years off. Um, that, that was like a window of time that I, I wish I had navigated slightly differently, but you know, again, there was six months of that really up in the air with the pandemic and stuff, but, um, I'm pretty determined to, to not fall into that again. Um, so I think there's like two things that I would point out that I feel are working for my output and my consistency as a, as a creative. Um, and there's like the people, there's like the audience facing uh, stuff. And then there's like kind of um, behind the scenes, creative lifestyle stuff. And so my writing uh, routine, um, just building up a catalog of, of music, I think is the most important thing in my life um, and, and for my career as well. Like just mm -hmm. as so I'm writing at least, at least a song a week. Um, and I've been doing that for, over four years now um hey, so. i just i haven't i haven't missed a week in over four years I, I committed to like i have like a group of friends and we share music and stuff and it's like just this light accountability that has really kept me on track and then ideally i'm writing more than that so I'll, some some week i'll write every day but i'm at least right now much so let's, there's that let's let's pause there real quick and then yeah. go on to the next sure how so are you letting your fan base in on that? Like, are you going, are you, are you, are you leaking little things? Hey, what do you think about this? Are you going on Twitch and do you use Twitch? No, not, not yet. I, I, I you know, there's so many things to, to tackle and explore. And that's one that I just don't even have the space for at, at the moment, but yeah. I'm sure are, there's, there's a place for it. You know? How are you bringing your fan base into your writing process? That's a good question. Um, I'll go through little phases of, um, of making an effort to just posting, you know, stories on Instagram. I would say like Instagram is really my, my main social that I'm using. Um, and especially when I'm writing even more consistently, um, say I'm writing a song a day, I've tried to open up that. Cause I'm like, you know, here I am spending the day doing this. I can, I can take like a, a video of, of along, along the process. Maybe I got the beat mm -hmm. going or I got the progression and I like, I, I don't always do this cause it's pretty, uh, um, 
I don't know, it, maybe it's not too intimate, but um, you know, the, the sort of mumble language uh, moment. Uh, of, like just know, when you're know. trying to get the melody down. Exactly. And it's like a, it, it's, it's such a, it's funny. Like when you, anyone that's been doing it for years, they know it's like this like fluent thing. It's like this like fluent language that almost sounds mm-hmm. like a word. And so I've, I've liked to share some of those moments if I'm like feeling it and I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll even, you know, maybe like say like, you know, what do you hear? Like, what would you write? And, and some friends or, or followers yeah. or people will kind of reach out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and fill in the blank. Get, yeah, you should get like an interpretation. Like, what words did you yeah. yeah usually like not you words, but it's like did you say uh that where yeah, oh, yeah. i know exactly. i gotta like, work out i gotta work out splits and stuff you know that's no fun <laughs> sign an nda to say yeah sorry. just sign just sign an agreement totally that's great but you know uh you, you said something there real quick um like just to kind of go back to what's working and whatnot, what's not working. There is a lot of things to try to get out there. The Twitches, the Patreons, all the socials. You said Instagram's your main channel. So would you say what's not working for you is jumping a, and spending time on every single one, or you find it a little bit more efficient for you to kind of pick a lane and do everything there? I think it's important that we don't overstretch ourselves, overextend ourselves with uh trying to tackle all these platforms. And I, I do think at least right now as a one man team um, who, you know, the main focus is, is creating music. I'm, I'm not out here to, to become a master of Twitch and, and 15 other platforms. So I think, I think, you know, picking one and then also exploring some others, like I am, you know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and like, I have a presence um, across platforms, but, and I'm, I spend a bit of time here and there to try and build other, other platforms, but I think it is good to have sort of like your, your home base main main jam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that I think like, it's just, we have to be honest with ourselves about that sort of thing. If, 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 if TikTok or Twitch or something isn't, isn't resonating, then maybe it's, it's not for me or, or I just haven't figured out quite what my, my place is. That said, I actually was thinking about, TikTok recently because that's something I've just dabbled in and I kind of enjoy it as a viewer and I really love when I see the way certain people use it and I'm like oh that's that's really inspiring it's cool that they arrived at this unique way of using it yeah. and being that I was saying you know like I'm always writing and and I'm currently in this process of kind of listening back on on demos of the last six months or so and and you know, putting some aside, like, okay, this, this should be on the next album. No, this might be on like another project. This might, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to like, um, and sometimes you could get like this new, like refreshness of, you know, I'm, I go through phases, but the general phase is when I start something, I've got to finish it or it just won't get done. Even if I got to stay up all night, just get it done. But you do demos, write songs that maybe you put aside, tuck away on a hard drive for a little bit. But then you go back a few months later. Oh yeah, dude, that one was good. Why, why didn't I do something more with that? So it's, that's a cool process. It's so informative as well. Cause you'll be like, that's a great verse. And then I'll be like, man, that chorus is shit. Or, you know, so I'll like make a note. This one, this is a really good song, but like I have to revisit it and, and rewrite the chorus or, or I'll be listening and be like, I really like this it's just like a half step too low or something. So I just make these mm-hmm. little notes to edit later, update the demos and just kind of, uh, you know, it's like any, anything else, like 
so much is in the editing. Um, so, but you do need a little distance to, to then hear that and be like, my vocal would, would really hit if it was just like a half step higher, a whole step mm-hmm. higher. Um, and then you, and then you play around with that or, or whatever. Cause yeah, I like to just write more and then, and then revisit and, and, you know, and arrange later or, you know, kind of tackle some of those that maybe even, you know, rewrite lyrics or, but like if the, the core thing is, is strong, um, Yes. It's, it, and so I'm in that phase right now, considering the next album, um, as I'm in the process of rolling out this, this first album. Um, What's your benchmark for good songwriting? Like, who do you, who do you, who is this, the, you know, like <laughs> so, two, the greatest songwriters that you use for your current style music that you're like, okay, like, yeah, that guy's or that girl or whatever, or they, are doing good work mm. who you think who, who comes to mind oh it's a you know it's a long list i mean like some of my like favorites of all time stevie wonder um ah, okay all right uh, you know d'angelo um i'm shocked by both the i'm I mean, shocked by answer one and two that so, i love i, I love it also so 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 relative relative as well um mm modern you know like frank ocean james blake um but i I feel like so much of my dna is centered around like the the beatles and um you know george harrison and and these records um i feel like we can't all sit back and go i'm gonna put this demo aside because it's just not beatles yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's, that's definitely not the way I think about it, that would, I wouldn't do, I, what, what could I, I could never do anything. And especially it's funny, like you say that too, like when we, when the, the bar is somewhere like with like a group like Radiohead or, or like there's certain, certain bars that are just completely unreachable. And, and I think often of, of the record, my favorite album of all time is Voodoo by D'Angelo. And it's like, I, I joke about it with friends sometimes Like we talk, it's, like, it's just like, you can't even use it as a reference. Like when you're like in the studio or you're like working on a record or something, like, it's just like, it's an unreferenceable, if that's a word, like mm-hmm. uh, you can't even bring that one up. Cause it's just like, it was such a slow boil to create that. You know, I have, a, I have a D'Angelo story that I could tell really quick. I it's recorded great. in New York at, it was the old hit factory, but it was called Steers Sound. When I was out there, this is like early 2000s, but we were recording in the upstairs studio and downstairs there was another act. And when we asked the guy who was working there, he's like, oh yeah, no, you can't go down there to tracking. It's uh, it's D'Angelo. And we we're down like in the upstairs for like a couple of days and finally on the last day, we crossed paths, did a quick little hello. He was not looking like he did though in the uh, video. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, that's a long road cool guy he's, he's sound he's sounding like like he did though you know um, that's great yeah always had a great voice dude that guy's so funny yeah so, um, i mean i've seen i've seen him play uh like since his comeback and stuff and it's just it's like shockingly good i i, I because he took so much time off and stuff uh yeah. or like you know publicly um got stuff together i had sort of I don't know why, but some somewhat low expectations. And I was just absolutely blown away seeing his, his like last album tour. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think where we were. Yeah. So like for songwriting. Uh, so I think the way that I think about songwriting, like I, I do have my um, ambitions as an artist, as like my artist project. And I see things through that filter of like, you know, how would I, 
arrange this or, or produce it for an album or, or something of my own. But because I'm, I'm just writing a ton, I also really love just allow, just exploring wherever it needs to go. And if, it, and if the song feels like it's for someone else or, um, you know, could be another project completely or, or whatever, I just, I love uh, entertaining that. And, and, and I have be I have begun writing for other artists and, and kind of setting aside a demo playlist as well that I do pitch to other artists. So, How do you, um, cool. That, that's cool. It's, it's so you're, you're doing collaborations. You're thinking about somebody else's way and, and, and bringing songs to them. <laughs> what, uh, what was the best advice songwriting advice you ever got? I think there's, it depends on like what angle you're looking at, but, I was just I was just talking to a buddy recently and and kind of what what you were saying Brian about finishing things um I think there was a certain point when I I was I would I had like a well, I think we all have this this sort of loud self-critic that's judging things in real time and when we learn to control that and just just finish just keep keep going get it across the finish line um and silence that critic to some extent enough to finish um, then even if the song is is garbage in the end or like to to our taste you know if we're looking at it and saying yeah I, I would never release this it's not what I'm aiming to do but you're looking at it out in front of yourself now listening to it and now you can have a more informed uh, ability to sort of navigate around that next time you know the next time you're writing a song you sort of know what you don't want and what you consider not good as a song or in effect ineffective or um and so, so, what, you, so what you're saying is write as many it. songs as you can and <laughs> better 100 percent and work the muscle and, and yeah and seriously like just consistency because uh, i've learned so much from from seeing through like like i was saying like i i haven't missed a week i'm, I'm like pretty religious about it and and it's been years now where I just at least write a song a week. And, and that has led to me writing and I have like the flu or I'm in, the, I'm in an airport because I'm traveling all day and I got to get it done that day. Or I just absolutely like am hating the experience. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be here right now. I want to like go out or whatever it is. That's like, I don't feel like writing in that moment. I'm just hating it. The discipline. Coming, getting past that and then like having that catalog that you're listening back on demos and be like, man, I remember like just being miserable writing that song, but that's like a pretty decent verse or like, you know, like you're just like, it was, it's so worthwhile to go through that. Mm -hmm. um, again, like sometimes to find, you know, what you don't like and what you, what you don't want um, your sound to be or whatever, or, or just to, yeah, like arrive at little snippets that maybe you'll rework later, or it could be like one lyric that's really, really cool in that song that will not be used, but now you're going to recycle that in some other way. Or, um, yeah. So I, I've, yeah, I feel like I've, I've learned so much from, from that. And um, I think I was listening to something about uh, Ed Sheeran had, a, had like, was someone was talking about uh, Ed Sheeran's perspective on writing. And, and it was a very similar sentiment of like, like he feels very strongly about like finish finishing bad songs. Like you have to like exercise it kind of, you know, mm -hmm. you have to like get that, that shit out of you. You do. Yeah. Totally. And, 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 and yeah, and like face it, you know, and, and um, I think it's super important. I mean that, you know, 
that guy. There's a great book someone gave me a long, long time ago. It's called Songwriters on Songwriting. There's like several different volumes now, but the very first one where the covers like cartoon images of the famous people, like Burt Bacharach, uh, everyone's in it. And it's just all kinds of that, like advice on songwriting. Neil Young, who I'll probably get you know murdered on uh, social media for saying that I was never hugely influenced by Neil Young, but I respect him. But he said the thing of, you can't put it away. If you start a good idea and it's nine o'clock at night and you're going to be up till five in the morning, you have to finish it. But there's so many good Unless you have a job. Advice. Unless you have a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Leonard Cohen. The guy writes good lyrics, no doubt. But reading how much time he puts into it and the discipline and the exercises, he goes back and changes things so much. And um, I just never did that. You know, it's like, it's got to come. It's got to just come, you know, fall out of the sky, get it and roll with it. But, um, what? you know. I completely disagree with that mentality of, of like what, what, you know, so many people that are just like, yeah, I'm just like going to wait three months until that shit drops out of the sky. And it's like, <laughs> no, like you, like you have to show up, you know? And I remember, I don't know if it was an interview or something. I remember like seeing something with, with Nick cave and, and he was just like, yeah, like you just, you know, he put on, he puts on his suit and tie and goes to the office every day. And, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so important to, to show up and, and like be available for, something to come or, or nothing to come it's, but, you a, know, like, it's a craft right so if you're not practicing the craft then you're not gonna get better at it this is yeah. what it is mm-hmm. you'll plateau so you're you have an album coming out soonish what do you want to accomplish with that album what, what's the plan what how are you going to release it how are you thinking about that um yeah good question i mean as of now i'm, I'm doing everything completely diy um and for better or worse um that's you just use like distro kid are you gonna go with cd baby or TuneCore? one of those yeah currently using uh distro kid and I'm, I'm rolling out individual singles leading up to the album release so you know anything can happen and and i think the point of of releasing these singles one of the points is is because anything can happen when you sort of put that track out that video the surrounding content the surrounding um, like universe that you can create around an individual song in a larger work. Um, and what I like about, yeah, what I like about that is, it, you know, it does open the door for other collaborators or partners or, you know, fans or like anything can build. And so my goal is that, you know, with each, each single release, it is going to build, 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 build and you have the album and, you know, maybe I'll, as of now, I have no uh, release partner for that, but you know, maybe I, maybe I do like a vinyl run or, I, or, or, or I, I don't know. I don't really have any other goals besides reaching as many diehard music fans as I can with the, how do you, how do you reach your audience? Do you have an email list? What, what's the most reliable way to directly connect with your fan base? Uh, fan base, I would say, yeah. I mean, I mean, I use an email list and that, that, that helps. And that's like, everyone from over the years um uh, still own that right like because like in in the world of social media you don't own your fans right you own them they own you they're you know you just have to be online and it can can disappear and it has disappeared overnight people people literally leave facebook and instagram all the time so what happens when they do did you have a way to get to them again probably not right unless you have their email 
or when that platform disappears, which is even more catastrophic for, for, for someone that has like built you everything know, invested. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty mm-hmm. of stories like that, you know, like social media platforms that just like disappeared. And then someone was like famous on that particular platform and they had no way of like maintaining and fame just disappears. Yeah. Like Ducky. Which, like which Ducky also from my remember Ducky. <laughs> it was always like those top four. It was like Tom, Ducky and like some <laughs> other person. Whatever happened to Ducky? That would be a great. Right, hey Ducky, if you're listening to this, come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's got to be some good stories. I would like to Go talk to, to Tom. Yeah, I want to talk to Tom from MySpace. <laughs> so back to you, Ryan. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to know if there's a tour. Like, do you, do you plan a? I mean, now you got these great two markets that are your hometowns that are phenomenal ones: New York City. In Paris, France. What about Hotel Cafe? Is that or not Hotel Cafe? Casino, Hotel Casino, or something like that in Paris. Is that still around? Uh, 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 what's it called? Hotel, um, maybe Casino Nouveau. Maybe that's the one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one, uh, or I haven't. I haven't been to that. Um, so far, I've played. I've played Pop Up Du Label, which is really cool. Like you know, smaller rooms for me. I'm doing like like you know, 150, 300 cap. Um, and yeah, so I did pop up to Babel, another place called 1999. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good, good venues there. And, and I, I mean, my focus on the live front is to just like keep building in those two cities. I have mm-hmm. the opportunity to do that. Um, and then just, you know, in those cities, I'm constantly kind of like pitching for support spots and, and, and getting on bills like that. Um, but in doing so, I do hope that at some point that could also lead to like a support spot on a tour. Maybe I get like a European tour. I would love to start moving around Europe a bit. I think realistically, I'll probably in the next like year figure out a way to do some like kind of stripped sets that I, that I like, you know, where I don't have to worry about bringing other people along, um, you know, and just do like a train tour kind of thing, hit up a couple of European cities. Yeah. Um, I want to do that just as a, a tourist. Um, and also get away with a laptop. Yeah, maybe. I, I kind of hate that, but I, I would like probably figure out the least technical way of doing it. Like the guitar, guitar and synth in like a drum machine or something. You know, yeah, like, the, the Chet Faker approach worked, you know, like just get like a little loop thing happening. Yeah, it's funny because I, I pass my days like that in the studio, you know, making making tracks like that. But for some reason, I don't know, it's just like I really don't ever want to do that live. I'm just I'm still I still just really like a live band and and if I can create sort of like a mini live band by myself, say I have like a drum machine and and then I'm just like playing playing uh, different instruments or something like that would be entertaining to me and I wouldn't want to realize I wouldn't want my computer on stage or anything. It's just like annoying to me. I can't explain it. Got it. So cool, man. So you get you got your record coming out. It's gonna go out on on a self release um, fashion and. Um, you know, you're going to put out some content around there and, and you're just going to keep, you know, keep pushing out content to, to the you, folks who paying attention. Yeah. And kind of like full circle back to the question of like, what's working. This is the best I've prepared for a release. And, and I, as, as my solo project, um, I've never released an album. So it's like the first time I'm like sitting on a larger collection of music um, that I'm really proud of. And I find to be like cohesive sound wise and, um, and I just spent an adequate amount of time to just plan out this timeline of, um, of, of a release over the course of like six months or whatever it is. 
Um, I have like, you know, a buddy who's who I'm collaborating with for all the visuals. So we get together and he's doing all the photos. A lot of those photos end up normally will end up being like the single artwork. Um, we've done now we've just finished our second music video for this, this second single that's coming out. We're going to be doing all, all of the singles music videos together mm -hmm. in like in one day, we did a, a live session where we did like stripped versions um, oh, cool. uh, of, of each single. So, so then like at, over the course of the rollout of each single, there's like this, the, these live sessions that, that accompany them. Um, personally, I do the lyric videos. So like, I'll find my own creative way to do like a, a cute little, you know, lyric video, whatever, like that's, mm -hmm. that's like DIY and, and cool. you need that stuff, man. Yeah. It's interactive and we can all know what you're saying and, you know, relate to it. Yeah. And it's, it's also just the more opportunities you provide for people to engage with it and discover it. It's like, if I just drop the song tomorrow and that's the one opportunity for people to discover it, or I'm just like, you know, parroting, you know, over the course of weeks, like, yeah, like just a reminder, you know, check out the Spotify link. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's annoying to some degree. And, and, and also like, it's just so much more effective to be like, and now, you know, three days later, check out this like live video. That's like, in this, mm -hmm. this cool what's wedding. the most innovative release you've seen in the last like six months? Man, Ooh. I'm not prepared for know. that answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I don't even know what's been released. One, one, one release that was tried to be innovative was Kanye's like hardware thing with the like you can mix match the uh, stems inside of that piece of hardware. So that's I love, I love that. Yeah, one. I mean it's always Kanye. I mean, it's like I wait, that. you haven't heard of that? Kind of like Neil it. Young's thing that came out. Oh God, jeez, taking a nail. If not for the yeah, if not for the the hardware thing. I don't know how, like how interesting that is to me, but the, yeah, I mean, just Kanye's kind of concept of like the never ending, like piece Crazy. of work that he I mean, keeps like, uh, editing and shit. Like I, I fucking love that. Like I love that he'll just like re-release stuff. Like that's already out and, li and live on streaming platforms. Um, he just like, pulls it down, puts it back up. Yeah, go. <laughs> Kanye is a, he's, he's, he's definitely a force of nature. In his he's own out there. Place. Yeah. Out there. Um, yeah. So that, so like I bring that up and that's kind of important. Like, like there's so much noise. Are we even seeing it? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of a question to be answered. I think more in general of like, how do you cut through the noise? How do you make a splash outside of like, you know, you can go online, you find out about the cascade approach. Okay, I put a single out. Okay, really re-release a new single, add that old song, blah, blah, blah. Keep doing it until you drop the whole album. I love that concept. Still do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just gaming the, the digital uh, domain, right? It's kind of mm -hmm. gaming the system there. And then like, you know, labels will be releasing as an artist in the credits so that they are also clickable to the other tracks um but there's not a lot of innovation outside of that you know what i'm you know what i mean so it's like absolutely yeah it, what do you do how do yeah. you you know you put your little video out maybe you make a wallpaper for spotify's mobile <laughs> version you know I, what i mean i have i have that going yeah i mean i was gonna say like it's it's enough work 
as a one man project and team uh, just to facilitate like a proper traditional release that you're talking about. Um, and I absolutely see the limitations um, of doing it by myself. And I'm, you know, I'm doing it by myself, like for a number of reasons, one of them, you know, budget constraints or, or whatever, but I'm also proud of the work that I'm doing, but you know, the question that you're asking is like one that we need to be asking all the time, but also not, not to the extent that like, okay, because I don't have this like incredible innovative idea for like releasing this album, I'm going to like wait until I come up with it. You know, I think, yeah, I get that. I, I'm, I'm happy to totally. get out the way I am. However, I'm like considering, you know, like, like a lot of people I'm kind of considering like an NFT at some point, um, kind of like lightly following that space. I think there's interesting stuff going on there. And I also think like as, as an artist or like as any creatives, like it's a decent alternative to like tap into this market um, in any sort of way um, that could potentially fund another project or something, you know, right. like, there's people that are really excited about that space and why not give them something, you know, even if I don't necessarily find my, I don't consider myself a member of that, but you're talking about the the blockchain yeah. NFT space. Yeah, like uh, I'm 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 on the outside looking in, but like I think there's some really like inspiring stuff happening there. And as a creator, I can like I can toss something into that and and, and roll the dice there. And there's people yeah. that that are interested in discovering music via that um, that medium. And I'm happy yeah, to provide. You know, super rare, I think uh there's a few out there where you just go put your song out and see what happens yeah catalog is is a really cool one to check out not a bad not a bad place to just throw your hat in the ring absolutely Um, i i have i i you know all doors are open for me i i I don't i don't if you had a thousand dollars to put into releasing a single what would you do with it thousand Um, had to spend it only on the release or getting notice where would you put that money that's it's tough i mean like that's like it's uh relatively such a small number when it comes to releases that i want to say you know something in the realm of content creation you know whether it be like you know toward towards uh video production or, or or something but then you know we have to be realistic and you do have to invest some money into the promotion side of things um so whether it be like ad spending or um so like an instagram boost or or an ad or or facebook or tiktok ad or would you go try to pay have you ever thought of like going to an influencer and to see if they'll do a dance to one of your tracks i haven't really thought about it just just in terms of my music and um you know it, i think it depends on your genre and and, and there's all kinds there though the demographic you, you, could get some, you could get any any kind of there's there's an influencer for every genre right, right. i just heard that that is you're so right that is totally a ways of promotion these days though and, and yeah, i mean companies spend like obscene amounts of money on on that as well um so knowing that that's where the competition is i don't even know if i would just okay okay go to an nft thing say if you promote it i'll cut you in on my nft we'll promote it together here we go joint venture 
You're, you're welcome. <laughs> and you're welcome. You heard it. And we're out of time. So, <laughs> no, Ryan, no, but obviously we are out of time, but it's it's good to good to good to connect, man. And I, I'm super excited for the new release and and for everything you're doing, and um, can't wait to hear more. And you know, see dig what the you tunes, man. Dig the and we just started getting into crypto and blockchain. I think we might have to do even a part two in the future here. I would yeah. love to. I mean, yeah, it does feel like one of these conversations. Like, you know, we're all interested in similar stuff, and you know, this could be a four hour conversation easily. So yeah, just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, do a release on one of those and come back and we can report how, how the experience was. That would uh, be awesome. Like, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking towards later in the album release and do something kind of special like that toward, towards the end. So yeah. we'll very cool. Well, give us a, uh, give us a song, you know, for those of our listeners out there who aren't quite familiar with Ryan Egan, what's a good first impression or um, anything you want to promote? Um, we're going to play it out on the show here. Great. Thanks. Yeah. My, so my latest single um, is alone for the last time. That's the, the second single off my upcoming album, soft power. Um, you can also check out weeknights after that. That's the first single that came off the album. So yeah. check, check those out and, and, and stay tuned for, for the rest of the music that's going to be coming off the, off the album. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Pleasure was ours. We'll see you again and best of luck out there. Keep us Thank posted. So All yeah. right, guys. See ya.
sun comes in the morning, I'll be right there.